Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of freedom nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code Rob. W10. That's R O B W10 for some immediate savings. This was never about money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Cigar Story Idiots. I'm Rob, and I have with me you, sir, R. Hello. What's happening, man? Oh, you know, just hanging in there. Man, there's so much stuff that's been going on. It's just like uh, the world's running rampant. It's crazy. Uh, I talked to somebody today. Uh, I was talking to you about this a little bit off air. And uh, the, the issue with the school systems right now, like we're seeing every day that we're seeing all this crazy stuff about – these perverted books that are in these middle schools, uh, these well, these board meetings with these parents getting upset with uh, curriculum that's being taught. And uh, I think we all kind of know exactly what, uh, what's upsetting everybody. But if you don't, it's, uh, it, it's kind of like it's not curriculum that's being taught. It's ideology that's being taught in a school now, kind of shoved down kids' throats at a very early age and their, their, their subject matter that has nothing to do with any type of curriculum uh, for as far as education goes? No, and the thing is, when we kind of st- talked about this, and what people don't understand is, and you've had anybody, young or old, you've had teachers in certain classes that kind of their ideology kind of slipped out a couple of times, and then you were like, oh, well, you know, that's how he believes. But you didn't, you didn't make a whole lot about it. You know, heck, when we were in school, I had a couple of leftover hippies. You know, we all knew they drank and smoked dope. But, I mean, <laughs> the problem is they weren't telling us about how great it was. Right. And I think that's where some of the, some parents and some people are finally, finally waking up. It's, unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's grooming. Yeah. I mean, you are, you are, whether you want to admit it or not, if you are one of those teachers if you come in and you say that there's not any he, she pronouns in your classroom, you are grooming those students. Correct. And, and whether you, whether it's subconsciously or consciously you're doing it, that is a form of grooming. And I always open up my classes and still will until 
they fire me. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let that apply to whoever it should apply to. Right. You choose which one yeah. of those you want to fall under. And uh, now, here's the thing. As a teacher, I've ha- I've got two, two or three that are um, not, don't go by, they don't use, here's the, here's the thing, and that's one thing I didn't tell you off air was, the two or three kids that I have that want to be called something else, don't, don't put, call me this. And the one that I had, I've had for two years, um, it's, uh, Government name is a female. So emails would come in with the government name. And I'm like, is that, is your, are you using your sister's email address to send me your homework? He's like, no, dude, that's me. And I'm like, oh, oh man, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And mama call him Clay. Yeah. I'm going to call him Clay. Yeah. I said, I'm sorry, man. I said, no big deal. I said, I just want to make sure I'm getting your assignments. He's like, no, no, no. I don't have a problem explaining it. I was like, well, I said, you probably going to have to correct me a couple more times. I said, cause I got like 200 kids. I said, I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm kind of trying to be transparent up front. And he, he was cool about it. And so I got him again this year. And then I inherited one whose parents went, well, parent went nuclear. And that's now a dead name. And said in like a couple of sentences later that, it's just too much hassle to go have the n- name changed legally mm-hmm. because the child's under 18. But if you call them the wrong thing, all hell's going to break loose. Yeah. I'm like, you can't have you it can't, both ways. You can't do that. You can't do that. Because then you're sending mixed signals to your kid. I'm not fully vested. And I'm all about if, you know, supporting your kids. But think about when you kids were little. And I got a buddy of mine whose brother-in-law, his son, was going to be a dinosaur till he was like eight. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be a dinosaur. Or then it changed to I'm going to be oh, what was it? a transformer. I was Batman for and, a long time. And so my thing was he didn't, the, the dad just like, all right, well, well, we'll see. And then kind of like steered him along. And I think that's my argument because and don't come at me with all this other bullshit about the sexuality and all that stuff. No, think about, and, and just my coaching career. I've had, and I probably had five or six girls from fast pitch softball who were tomboys, a hell of an athlete, mm-hmm. hell of an athlete. And they eventually grew out of it. And beautiful women, beautiful professional. Like I've got one that, um, now I still keep up with, she's lobbying at the state capitol. Dude, I mean, if she grew up now, I would have never been able to have her on my softball team because she would have been trying to play baseball. Right. Yeah. You see I mean, what I'm look saying? at it that way, yeah. yeah. And, I, and that's my thing. Mm-hmm. And no, and, and the, the, the veil started being lifted back when you had those all-American girls didn't get all-American status because of, What's his nuts swimming? Right. And I saw an article the other day about this whole thing about the bathrooms. It's not these redneck men that are going to beat the shit out of somebody. It's these single moms that are taking their sons into these women's bathrooms. Now they've got to think, 
well, do I just put them in a stall and then I stand in front of the stall so nobody can get in there? Or can I let them go in their own stall? Well, if I let them go in their own stall, is somebody going to try to go in there? As a woman, I can't, you know, as a mom, I'm not going to be able to fight off a, a biological male. Right. And so that argument's out there. And so it's slowly, slowly starting to turn. It, it But it was, like I said off air, it, we just took this whole thing and we just dumped everybody in this pit. If they had... Oh, but they're playing with G.I. Joe's. They must be a boy. Or he put on that little girl's dress. He must be a girl. No, he's six. They yeah. do that. He's playing with an easy bake oven. Yeah. How many of you grew up with nothing Shit, but sisters? So you know, there's probably a guy out there that had four sisters. Like Ronnie Carrington says, grew up in a house full of sisters. <laughs> Grandmother says, you better wash your pooty poo. And he said, I got so damn tired of hearing it. I was like, where's the pooty poo? I'll wash it. Just shut the phone. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, and then I found out what pooty poo was, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that I was uh, talking about earlier was I had someone reach out to me. Their their son, he's eleven or twelve, and they live in another state. Um, he had came home and told them that he had made a statement at school. Now, mind you, he's eleven or twelve years old. He made a statement at school and got called to the office because he had offended. Uh, a young girl in the classroom. This is a good kid, good family. I know these people. Um, probably can't even imagine this child saying anything uh, that would really truly hurt somebody's feelings. It's like the old British comedian. I'm offended. Well, good for you. Now we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, he goes home and he, he tells his parents that he has to go to therapy at school. And they're like, what are you talking about? Go to therapy at school. And he's like, I got to go to therapy because I said, you know, whatever he had said, I forgot. I wasn't told what he was said, but anyways, uh, regardless, uh, the school had deemed it, uh, his punishment would be, he would take some sensitivity training type of therapy at school for a couple of weeks. Well, they hit the roof and they're like, what? You know, no way that's not going to happen. So they go to the school. And the school uh, is like, yeah, that's what happens. We're trying to teach our kids to be more sensitive to other kids' uh, feelings. And what he said, you know, upset a student. And now he's he's going to have to go to sensitivity training slash therapy for two weeks, a week or two weeks. So knowing them like I know them and, and the response was exactly what mine would have been, um, they told him that if they thought for one second – that that child was going to go to any kind of therapy, uh, then they would take him out of the school. So they would take him out of school. Um, before that even happened, the same kid in a classroom with the other kids, uh, the teacher, same teacher sent him to the principal's office for sensitivity training, had got so frustrated with the classroom, she started screaming at the class full of 11 and 12-year-old kids and said she... They they made her so mad that when she got home, she wanted to blow her brains out. This is a teacher telling a group of 11 and 12-year-old kids, you make me want to blow my brains out. Now, let me explain something to you. Coming from the profession, <laughs> and I used to tell my high school kids this every day face-to-face, -face, you think you matter more than you do because when that bell rings for you to leave my class, that's the last time I think about you. Yes, I don't wake up thinking about you. If you can't leave it, leave That's it there. Thing. Don't don't sign up for that job. Yeah. If you're going to let 10 and 11-year-olds push your buttons, imagine what 
me and you would do if we oh worked with them. God, I know. I probably couldn't coach baseball anymore. No, no. I, I talked to a guy. I've been, I've been out of it. This makes my sixth year. He's been out of it for twenty something years. But I told him, I was like, man, I couldn't go back. Yeah. I said the stuff that that I did six years ago, you can't do now. No. And much less what he did to us when I was in right. high school. <laughs> and to kind of go back on this too, uh, they had went to the school by this teacher, talked to the administration. The teacher completely denied saying it. Said it never happened, never said it. So then several other children came forward with their parents, had the same story, and the teacher said, I use this as a learning experience, a learning moment to let them know that if they ever felt like they wanted to harm themselves, they could come to me first. See, like I said, like like a liar would say, that's how I said it, like a liar. She still has a job there. She's still employed. And I think the mo- the most ridiculous thing, and again, we're talking about education. We're talking about prepubescent. These are 10, 11, even 12-year-olds. There may be a little bit of something going on, but this is before the hormones start raging. Yeah, yeah. Or before you start giving them stuff to make them stop producing them. Um, the same school, same school system teacher uh, is a science teacher, and she tells the kids that they're going to write a paper on how we should stop consuming animals and that we we the only source of protein we should be taking in is insect based proteins if i caught her as another teacher much less a 10 year old eating a sandwich eating anything but bugs in her lunch basket i would pee on it rake her across the yeah <laughs> yes 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 um <laughs> so and again some of the parents are like, ah, that's, there's no way that she said that. Um, I don't believe you. So the kids, it's school full, full of smart kids. Um, the kid goes to school and debates the teacher about the subject matter and records her while she's doing this. And she says, this is not up for debate. It's not a question. There's only one right answer, and what I'm telling you is the right answer. And if you write anything other than what I'm telling you to write about, you will get a failing grade. And I also failed to mention that she told the class that all cattle should be exterminated because methane, their methane gas from their assholes is eating a hole in the ozone layer. This is a, a, an educator teaching children the the smartest or the dumbest smart person you'll ever meet. She is still employed at this school. Still employed at this school. And it's not in Georgia. If it, before you guys start emailing me about it, it's not in Georgia. No, and that's one thing. I don't know about some metro counties, but I will say, and it's not often you hear me say this. Thank God for our local school system right now. Yes. Because it's not even, that's not even a sniff. No. In either one of them. No. And not I would, yet. I would dare say within probably 60 mile radius of us, it's not a sniff. Yeah. Outside that 60 mile radius, when you get into Atlanta stand, it might start coming. But there's so many private schools in Atlanta now. Like Atlanta public schools are seriously, I get emails every day offering $6,000 signing bonus to start tomorrow. Wow. I'm like, can I pack? Can I, can I come full kit? Like yeah. a ballistic vest and yeah. ride gear. Or? 
Speaking of the uh, <laughs> speaking of the old piss disc, <laughs> we'll let you tell them about that. Mm-hmm. On today's what the Florida Florida man who was peeing all over a room attacks a good Samaritan who tried to stop him. Victim gave drunk suspect a safe place to be. Again, Melbourne. Melbourne, Florida. God dang. Uh, again, I'm reaching out to family to go ahead and, and verify this. Victim. Oh, God. Um, victim said there was a party downtown in Melbourne on Saturday, and he met uh, Colin Geb, Geeb, I guess, um, who he described as a friend of a friend. And uh, 23-year-old Geeb was drunk and didn't have a way to get home, and he couldn't provide an address to the victim to take him back to his place. So the victim went ahead. The guy's like, he's just being a nice guy and let him stay with him. Uh, so he let him sleep in a room and he goes into another room to go to sleep that morning, early in the morning, he heard, uh, noises coming from the victim. Uh, the victim heard noises coming from the inside the house. And he found Gabe peeing everywhere, all over the place. Uh, as according to the affidavit, Police said the victim repeatedly asked Gieb to leave, but Gieb would not leave and instead became upset and turned violent. He came at me with his penis out and he attacked me. <laughs> um, Gieb, who is six foot tall, 170 pounds, punched a man multiple times, attempted to choke him and pushed him into a wall before the victim was able to wrestle Gieb out the front door. I don't know if he naked. Put, I don't know if he put his penis up yet or not. Um, when asked about the incident, uh, Gibb said, you heard the whole story. There's nothing else I need to tell you. Uh, why? That's why I'm here. That's why I'm arrested. Police said they found uh, blood at the front door, holes in the wall from a room saturated in urine. Gibb of Melbourne was arrested on battery charges and a decent exposure and property damages. So here's my thing. If as a cop in Melbourne, the first thing I'm doing is I'm feeding him at least a gallon of water within 20 minutes and then i want to see how much can you fill that gallon jug back up right. because i knew an old boy if he'd been drinking for a while he could write his name in cursive and dot die uh <laughs> let me let me just say this it's never a good situation when a drunk guy comes uh at you holding his penis that's right it's never never a good situation if it's a stranger or even if you know him, it's just a bad move all the way around nobody was gonna fight the naked guy no no. Oh, oh. Now you might get a clothesline. <laughs> I mean, whatever's closest to me, I'm throwing it at you. Yeah. I guarantee you. I saw and I'm that, probably trying to hit you in a dick with it. I saw that uh, <laughs> video where that lady was trying to block traffic on the interstate again today. And this is a couple years old, and I had forgotten about it. And she's standing in front of like, it's like a construction lane, and they're trying to merge into one lane. Well, she's standing there protesting something. I don't know. Well, somebody had obviously had enough of her shit and took a road cone and i mean a big yes hit that girl in the head knocked her up against the side of the concrete embankment or the the retaining wall yeah and people just started filing by just driving by bitch get out here you'll die i mean hit her right in the noggin and that's what i'm thinking like if you're pissing everywhere and you come running at me i'm hitting you like you said with something or i'm gonna sidestep you and catch you about chest high yeah uh, you're getting dropped. <laughs> I mean, apparently his hands were busy. Yeah, obviously. So I don't know. So. He was controlling the fire hose. <laughs> God dang it. So the piss disc comes from uh, our listener in Batesville, Arkansas, Mr. Richard. He listens to both, both, that's a new word, both mm. 
uh, Cigar Store Idiots and Mysterious Brews. Um, he sent me a meme, a meme today that I, I think sent it was you. great. Said piss in a paper plate and put it in a freezer and freeze it. So you have a frozen disc of piss and then throw it under your neighbor's door. And so when they get home, they got to figure out who Who pissed in front of the door. (laughs) And I'm like, man, he one upped my, uh, my, you know, break the dominant hand. So you get shit under your non-dominant nails. (laughs) That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a grade above rolling somebody's yard. He Timmy toppered me and I didn't even know it. (laughs) I, I was like, man, that really would work. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's what I was sitting there too. I'm like, so. I could make this happen. <laughs> we, we, you and I have been talking about this for a while too, and everybody all over the world, I guess, has been watching this uh, this Murdoch trial uh, breakout, and it's probably one of the crazier one of the crazier things I've seen in a very long time. But it's just it's a tale as old as time. Uh, Rich, powerful, uh, small town, small town, southern lawyers, like Reba said. Don't you trust your soul? <laughs> um, these when this thing broke, uh, of course, everybody started jumping on the Netflix thing and watching it, and, and we did as well. But that one is so vanilla. After researching it, man, the HBO ones, I, I won't say. 10 times better. I mean, it's just a little bit more in depth because they actually um, went and found the main players that you read about, the, the investigators, the uh, state patrol, the sled officers, and, and two of the three that we'll get into have either since retired or moved on to another agency. Yeah, they got the hell out of Dodge. And there's multiple recordings out there. You can find them on Reddit when they're interviewing people about other things that we'll get into. They both, the two that I'm thinking of, both say, look, before we get started, I don't give a shit who they are. I'm in Charlotte. I don't give a damn what's going on down there. I don't care what their last name is. I don't care how much money they are. If they broke the law, we're going to hold them accountable. And that was the thing. We shit on the police a lot. Well, at our podcast, we do a lot because there's just gross incompetence or laziness. But you see this a great deal in in all these cases. And this sheriff's office, the local sheriff's office, was corrupt as hell. Yes, I agree. 100% on that. And they fucked up at the beginning and turned it over to the state police. Thinking, that's what I don't understand. Most of the time, if you've got a corrupt sheriff's office or a corrupt sheriff in a county, and I go back to Arkansas... Ralph Baker, if you don't know him, look him up. He made sure there was no outside agency that came in. He was judge, jury, executioner. And, I mean, that man's been dead for, shit, probably 20 years now, and he still rules from the grave. Nobody will talk about him. Yeah. And that's the thing that I didn't understand about. that when Once that sheriff's office decided, no, I don't think I'm going to, I think we're just going to let the, and, and I'm, and I've, I posed this question on another episode of ours. Was it one of those situations where they thought they had covered it up good enough, they could turn it over so they wouldn't find anything? I, they, that brash. That's that's a fair statement. I, I mean, I believe at some point. I mean, this family in South Carolina, this, this uh, I guess, a, a conglomerate of attorneys, they have been running the show in this town in South in Bedford, South Carolina. Somebody said nineteen twenty. Yeah, almost a hundred over a hundred years. 
I mean, they've been in control and in charge and calling shots for over a hundred years. Um, everybody was kind of in the whole town knew about them. They were afraid of them pretty much because I guess they all knew that they had so much power that if they wanted to get somebody, you know, if, if, if there was something they wanted or needed, uh, they would get it at any means necessary. And it really didn't, uh, what really brought it all to the forefront was, uh, in uh, 2021, their youngest son, Paul. Oh, it was February 24th, 2019. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. 2019, uh, he had took a bunch of friends out. Uh, they were all drunk. No, I'm sorry. You were right. Was Shit. it 2021? It's okay. Hold on. I saw, yes, it's 2019 is when that happened. But they did. it didn't go to trial until 2021. Gotcha, gotcha. So they, they had all went out on this boat and uh, crashed the boat. And one of the, one of the, one of the people on the boat died. She had died, uh, Mallory beach. She had, uh, got thrown overboard. The boat crashed into the bridge, right? It was a pylon. I think I'm not too sure on the like specific, but we'll, we'll, you keep talking. I'll find it. So she crashed, they crashed under the boat, the underneath this boat, they hit a pylon or a boat, the, uh, not the boat, but the bridge and it throws everybody out. Uh, and then she goes missing, uh, for you know days you know everybody knows that she's she's gone that she's she's probably drowning dead but what happened when when this when when this accident happened was the the father and the grandfather of paul crashed into a bridge split the boat apart yeah man if you see pictures of the boat or if you've watched the documentaries i mean that boat was mangled she was missing for a week yeah but what they did, they went into the hospital and they started trying to separate everybody from each other. And they started trying to find a scapegoat and try to make it look like Paul, the youngest son, Paul, who was drunk and crashed the boat. They tried to pin it on Paul's friend, one of the friends, saying that he was driving the boat and it wasn't Paul. And then they catch Paul's dumbass using his older brother buster's id to buy the beer before they get on the boat right now let me explain some things to people that are not from the south i don't give a shit about global warming man-made climate change february on the coast cows farting and eating up the ozone layer fucking cold yes i like when i read that that occurred in february i'm like what do y'all think going on a boat in february i would die hell i went crappie fishing one time on Easter, middle of April, right across the state line and froze my ass off. Don't go kayaking in February either. Yeah, you almost die. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a Somebody story. told me a story about that. Sorry for another time. <laughs> I always wanted to get naked in the back of an ambulance. It happened. I was just wrapped up in cell. What was it? Reynolds wrap, a Reynolds wrap blanket. Trying to get one. But um, the unfortunate part about this whole thing is, you know, like we said, Mallory Beach, she was uh, 19 years old. She's loved by everybody. Uh, and not that she was the only victim, but she was the only one that did pass away that was, that, that died from this accident. Um, this, the family is so powerful. Um, the, and we'll get to him and we're talking about Alex Murdoch. He's so out of touch with the reality. He is out front of this thing, trying to suggest that someone, the motive for the crash was someone sabotaged the boat to kill his son. Yeah. Not that he was shit-faced driving 
racing in another boat and didn't see that bridge that jumped out. Yeah. I mean, he would have the boat going at top speed and just walk away from the wheel and it just start going in circles, stuff like that. So completely drunk, completely intoxicated. Um, even the other friends, they were all trying to, uh, they were trying to, they actually wanted to take a, like a Uber. They wanted somebody to drive them and he didn't want to leave his boat there overnight. And that's why they ended up getting back in the boat and leaving. And then unfortunately they crashed. Um, I'm trying to find all the, the party here. Um, the one that they tried, that they were really trying to pin the accident on, um, was one of, uh, one of their best friends. Was it, was it Mallory's boyfriend? Yes, it was Mallory's boyfriend. Yep. And, uh, but the Alex had went in with his father and they wanted to represent this kid. And that's the thing, like right out of the gate. They're like they're saying he did it, but we're gonna represent him and get him out of trouble. This will come back up. Yes. Yes, for sure. Twice more. Yeah. So um but the other thing too was once they started separating everybody, they uh again, they're trying to get they're trying to create this story for everybody to tell. So that way Paul is covered and Paul is not implicated in crashing the boat because they know this girl's dead they know that he's going to be he's going to get a uh, homicide charge he had three felonies and that's what i was trying to find what the actual felonies were of course probably dwi or boating bwi and then i don't know what the other two could be but anyway i I just saw it but there were multiple things out there go ahead they uh when they started the investigation, they actually started questioning everybody. Uh, at six thirty p.m., uh, the Anthony, Mallory, Paul, uh, his girlfriend Morgan, and another couple, Connor and Molly, had us. My was it Connor was the one that they were trying to pin the boat, the crash in the boat. They all assembled at the Murdoch Family River House, which you'll hear more about that too. Uh, in a in we'll, we'll continue on this. We got we got several things to talk about this whole family. Um. They said the group left about seven. Uh, Molly said they had arrived at the house party and spent several hours there. And they said those house parties were Moselle's, what the that hunting club house was called. Okay. And they said. Just ragers. Basically, if you could imagine it, even in 2023, if you can imagine it, it happened or was available at those Moselle parties. Yeah. And they were flying planes of strippers drugs whatever they had a landing strip there they'd fly they fly they fly they flew everything in there so and remember everybody's like 19 like underage yeah the oldest son at this time i think he's four years older so buster probably would have been what 22 23 yeah yeah um and the thing is they in one of the documentaries i don't know if it was hbo or netflix they said that if you were around the family long enough Alex doted on Paul as the he was the paver. Yeah, he was the one that was going now to carry Buster the torch. Was, now Buster was going to be the brains at the law firm, but Paul was going to be the one to make the family even more. I had the charisma. Yeah, yeah. But he was also the youngest, which meant that he thought he could walk on water and nobody was going to stop him. And they made sure nobody could stop him. Like they they covered his ass up. I mean, he had multiple. 
uh, run-ins with the law as far as DUIs and things like that, but he never got charged or arrested for anything. They enabled his that, ass. Yeah, because the, they had the police in their back pocket. They were able to, you know, they'd go pick him up and not take him to jail, and, and, and nothing was ever nothing ever happened. And and it's not like you like your parents let you take a drink of some alcohol. Like they, or like when we were growing up, there was a state patrolman that caught me and a buddy drag racing. Our parents had to come to a church to get us. Yeah. That was 10 times worse than taking me to jail. You wanted to Trust go to me. jail. Yeah. No, no, sure. no. Don't call him. Take me. Yeah, please, I'll, God. Yeah. Don't, Put me behind bars, don't call, please. Don't call his because he, his may kill him. Yeah. And I'll have to be an accessory. <laughs> but that that's not what they did. They they would always make sure that he never caught a charge. They always covered for all of his bad behavior and things he did. And they bought the alcohol uh and the one thing you would notice, and like you'll see in the documentary too, Paul would drink till he was just completely blacked out. And then they had a nickname for him, didn't they? What did they call him when he he would drink till he would till he was completely? Oh, what was it uh, they called him. I can't remember what it was, but he would drink to where it would draw his hands up, like he was having a seizure. Yeah, like he had cerebral palsy. Like he would, and, but they said he would be violent when he would drink too. And you'd find out later that he beat up his girlfriend a lot. He was always abusive to his girlfriend. But getting back to that night, they 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 went to. Uh, they went to a house party, uh, and they spent several hours there. Uh, and around midnight, they left the house party. Paul Morgan, Anthony Mallory, and Connor got back on the boat. Miley said that uh, Paul insisted on driving to a bar downtown uh, in Buford. They wanted to, he wanted to go to a bar. Um, they pulled uh, GPS records, and they did show the boat's device tied up at a boat dock around twelve forty-five a.m. and 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 like Arlo said, it's freezing cold, man. Freezing cold. Investigators said that Paul and Connor went into the bar at the waterfront and ordered two more rounds of shots. Connor later testified that he used a fake ID to get in, and he said that Paul used his brother Buster's fake ID. Surveillance video captured the two seated at the bar while the rest of the group remained outside, freezing to death, waiting for them to return. Um, they got back on the boat. They started walking down the dock. Uh, Paul and Connor uh, met back up with everybody and Paul was acting like they knew that he was completely trashed. He was acting out. Um, he, uh, they, they, he started acting like his alter ego. Uh, and, and the sad part is, as you see Anthony, which was Paul's best friend at the time. Uh, and he dated Mallory. Uh, they made it back onto the boat. Um, and that was the last time that she was seen alive. Yeah, and they charged him with boating under the influence, which is BUI, I didn't know. I was, causing great bodily harm and causing death in connection to a crash. And guess what? He pled not guilty. He pled not guilty. Um, they actually started arguing with him. Um, he started driving the boat in circles erratically. They told investigators that Anthony asked Paul to let him, uh, let him out by a nearby dock, and Paul refused to stop. And then Morgan later testified that Paul kept leaving the wheel to fight with his fight with her. Morgan was the girlfriend, Paul's girlfriend, um, said that uh, he had spit in her face, slapped her, uh, always was degrading her and her family. Her family was hardworking people uh, and they didn't respect hardworking people. Uh, he was uh, really a shithead. The whole family's a bunch of shitheads. About 2.20 a.m., the boat crashed into Archer's Creek Bridge at that time, Mallory was ejected from the boat into the dark waters. Connor called 911 begging for help. First responders immediately began searching for Mallory. Uh, when help got there, the sheriff's department 
Uh, Stephen uh, Domino was one of the first responders to arrive, and he had his dash camera had, capt- uh, had captured. He told 48 Hours that when he arrived, he found Anthony pictured in uh, in the uh, the video camera, the dash camera, in, dist- in distress and, and pacing. And they were trying to calm him down and get him to sit in a in a patrol car. He was injured too. Like all of them were injured at some point. Like that, they had some they had sustained some pretty serious injuries. Um, and I think that's the um, causing bodily harm is when the boat crashed. If I don't know how to kind of tie it in, it would be like them charging like a boat captain for running the boat aground and then you sprained your ankle. So yeah. that's causing a harm. He actually caused that harm to you, even though you tripped over something. Right. So that's so, a whole yeah. other charge yeah. that he was catching for what, however many people was yeah. on the boat. Um, they said that Paul had walked up from the boat and uh, Anthony was even more agitated and he tried, Paul smirked at him. And uh, Anthony rushed him, tried to get to Paul and to beat him up and said, you just killed my girlfriend. You just killed her. Um, evidence photos show that uh, there was blood on the boat floor. Um, I believe that was from Connor. He'd, he'd fell and hit, I believe it was a rod holder, a fishing rod holder that ripped his face open. Uh, this boat was just destroyed. Okay. So we'll get to the part where they go to the hospital. And uh, when they were transported to the hospital, uh, that's when we were talking about how Alex, uh, Paul's father, Alex Murdoch showed up, uh, and he was trying to speak to the survivors. The security guard also reported that he overheard on the phone saying, she's gone. Don't worry about it. I guess they were referring to Mallory. Um, so he was there trying to control, uh, the PR the story. Yep. Yep. He was trying to put the, put the, put their touches on what happened in the story. Um, a month after, uh, the boat crash, Mallory's family actually filed a wrongful death suit against the members of the Murdoch family, uh, allowing him to dispose the survivors. Uh, Paul, this is a crazy part. So Paul gets arrested. And when he goes to do his mugshot, he literally has on like nice clothes. Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. Like, they didn't treat him like a criminal at all. He, I want to say he had, like, on a... Polo shirt, yeah, like a button-up. Button-up yeah. polo, probably a $100 polo shirt. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he pled guilty uh, to to all the charges. He pled not guilty to all charges, and he was out on bond waiting trial. He didn't even go to jail, dude. He didn't even... His joker didn't even sniff a jail cell. Didn't even sniff a jail cell. It was... Uh, it's just, it's, I don't know. But you, talking about Mallory's mother, Renee Beach, um, she, it says a representative for her and her daughter's estate, along with co-receivers, Alex Murdahl and John Murdahl, received $275,000 settlement from the sale of the family's Moselle property after Alex's thing. But before that, he, him being at the hospital, he's trying to get in front of it and to save Paul, but he's also got an angle. This man was blowing money. Like like you couldn't imagine. No, he embezzled a crazy amount of money. 
But yeah, it's I don't know. It, this, it was money that was supposed to go to victims that they had won cases for. Yeah, and he's ta- he's either taking all of it or he's taking I'd say a majority. 90% of it. Yeah, a majority of it. So, I uh, actually in 2023, a judge approved a settlement between Mallory Beach and the estate. Uh, and also before then, in 2021, uh, Connor Cook, who was uh, they were trying to pin the boat crash on, uh, they filed a lawsuit against Alex Murdoch. Uh, and he claims that Murdo had tried to have him framed to be the driver of the boat, which uh, it didn't. It actually did not. Um, it did not stick. Luckily, yeah, he has um, Alex basically not counting the murder charges that we will get into, but the financial crimes that was ninety nine financial crimes. Nobody would have really dug in or started any investigation into this family until this boat accident. Yeah. And there's no telling how far this would have went. I mean, if, if it had not been for this boating accident, if she hadn't been killed, if she had broke a leg or something like that, they would have bought her off, paid it, paid it, paid it off. Like they did all the time. You'll go once this happens. And then they, the family gets kind of brought into the lot. You'll see other things that have, they start going back, to uh, the past where other people that had contacts with the Murdoch family uh, ended up dead, ended up dead or ended up missing. And if you knew anything about the other cases and you happen to speak to state law enforcement, which they call, uh, it's the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, which is SLED, and you'll see that in all the articles that you read about. SLED took over the whole investigation the, from the boating to the financial crimes and reopened two previous cases connected to the Murdals. Um, but they're, they try to conduct interviews and they've got, well, so-and-so they're trying to chase the rabbit. Well, I heard it from so-and-so. Well, they find so-and-so in that. Well, I heard it from so-and-so. Well, they finally get back to patient zero. Well, patient zero, he's in the Bahamas on a two week vacation. Yeah, he makes six fifty an hour at Hardee's. Well, you know, he just he needed a break, so we let it, we let him go to the Bahamas, and that's exactly what the hell happened. One guy moved to fucking Oklahoma. They moved a guy and his family to Oklahoma. Why though? I mean, why? They were afraid that he were would screw up and say something that would tie them to another case. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Uh, this one, uh, this one's, uh, here's another suspicious uh, Murdoch family death. It goes all the way back to 1940. Yeah, I saw the, the dad. It, somebody said that it was something crazy for over, and I can't find the article that I, because I clicked on so much, but it was. There's so much. There has been a Murdoch as Solicitor General in that county for, from like 1910 until dumbass hat was disbarred. And what that means is they pretty much got control of the whole legal system. They got the legal system by the short and curlies and, he's and they're calling all the shots. He's connected statewide. He's connected nationally. Yeah. Nothing went by that desk without them knowing about it. This guy, um, let me go back to him real quick. I mean, go like I said, back to the 1940s. Uh, Randolph Murdoch Sr. was on his way home from a friend's home when his car was mysteriously stopped at a railroad track. Um, he, uh, where's the, 
Sorry, the old. Uh, ugh, what am I doing? Uh, okay, help, so it was help the, me. the <laughs> my computer's froze. Fourteenth Circuit solicitor in Allendale, Beaufort, Colleton, Hampton, and Jasper counties in the southern part of South Carolina. They were actually closer to Augusta, Georgia. Their little town was a uh, closer to Augusta than it was to Charlotte. Huh. Or not really Charlotte. What was the other one I was going um what's the one on the coast everybody goes to Tybee? No, Carolina. Oh, Charleston? Yeah, they're yeah. actually closer to Augusta than Charleston. I don't know why I keep saying Charlotte. But anyway, oh, it's okay. Yes. Um so Randolph Senior was elected to the fourteenth circuit solicitor office in nineteen twenty, served until he died in four in nineteen forty. His son, Randolph Murdoch Jr., took over and served until he retired in 86. Then Randolph Murdoch III was then elected in 87 and served through the end of 2005. And Alex took over because he was Rudolph, or Randolph's, he looks like Rudolph, Randolph's Mur- Randolph Murdoch's son. In 2006, then Governor Mark Sanford appoints Duffy Stone to serve, making him the first non Murdoch in that position. Since 1920. 1920. Over 100 years there was a Murdoch in that position. If we got, and then I found my computer finally decided to cooperate with me. Um, he actually was, uh, he was battling an unknown illness. Uh, in, Called alcoholism? Yeah, probably, or syphilis. <laughs> um, he he was a bullhead clap. Uh, he was able to leave his home and visit some friends. Um and then about 1 a.m., he was returning back to his house, and his car mysteriously stopped on the railroad tracks. Whoopsie. Uh, within minutes, a freight train slammed into his car, killing him instantly. He was 59. Here's what I think happened. I think he was already dead, and they put his car on the train tracks. And then they're like, oh, shit, a train hit him. It's all over with now. So, um, it shed light on a report in Hampton County Guardian. Uh, it stated that, according to the driver of the train, Murdoch Sr., waved at the train as it was speeding towards him. Maybe he didn't do that. Um, the Guardian also reported that uh, at the time, Murdoch Sr.'s lifeless body was found 150 feet from the crossing. Damn. Hist- historians have wondered if the death was alcohol-related or possibly a suicide. So maybe that's what happened. Um, Murdoch Sr.'s death, his son and Alex Murdoch's grandfather, Randolph Buster Murdoch Jr., became the new solicitor, uh, and the Murdoch family sued the railroad company. Uh, they asked for $100,000 from the railroad company, according to the Greenville News. Uh, and it was, uh, what was it, September uh, 1941. $100,000 was equivalent to more than $2 million in today's money. Uh, the case was settled out of a court, and it was an undisclosed amount of money. So four generations' untimely deaths surrounded that family. There's probably more than that. Man, there's no telling how many people. The body count may... Rival the Clintons? Yes, what I was going to say. <laughs> Might. I'll say it. Might. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right, so we're going to touch on a couple of these other ones. Um, so there's a ground... Was it in the um, Netflix where the groundskeeper sees the housekeeper come through the gate and he waves at her? And then the next thing he knows, he sees an ambulance. Yes. Well, she, the dogs tripped and f- 
she fell because the dogs tripped her up. Because they had supposedly they had ton. Well, they they did have tons of hunting dogs. Yeah, like they had a lot of pointers. Was it pointers mm-hmm. they used in labs and stuff? So apparently the dogs were running around loose and tripped the this housekeeper. And but when you trip and fall, you don't fall on your back down a flight of concrete stairs. I mean, no. brick stairs. Right. And only land on your head. Right. It's uh, It doesn't really go that way. She spent 20 years as the Murdoch family housekeeper. She also served as the nanny to Buster and Paul. And after her death, a $500,000 wrongful death claim was filed against Alex's house policy. And guess who collected it? On behalf of her on the Satterfields. Alex Murdoch. There you go. He collected the death benefits. He sure did. And this lady. When they showed those her sons on that Netflix special, they were still pissed about it. Oh, yeah. I don't don't blame them. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, you know, so that actually happened before. Her death happened in 2018 before the boating accident in 2019. Gloria Satterfield. Yes. She was the housekeeper and, the, and pretty much the nanny. Uh, let me tell you what my my thing is. Buster had, not Buster, but Alex had been known and, and stated that he had an, a, an opioid addiction. And he was taking up to 60 pills a day. I saw that, but somebody said that, was it, I, the documentaries run together. They kind of touched on that. I think on the first episode of the HBO one, and they they tried to do the math. He was trying to blame it on his opioid addiction, but this dumbass was burning through. What he said he had, had two hundred thousand dollars worth of pills, and they said how long would that last him? Maybe a week. But what was it? They were saying there was no like he uh, not one a human couldn't survive. Right, that's that. what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they they were trying to say that he averaged sixty pills a day. He would have went through renal failure, whatever yes, else. There's no way he would have been. He he definitely wouldn't been. He wouldn't have been in any shape to drive a car. He wouldn't be in any shape to perform his work job. at a law firm. Law firm, yeah. anything. I mean, hell, you would. He wouldn't even have the capacity to get up and take a piss. No, he he pissed this. <laughs> yeah, he'd be pissed disking all. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, with the housekeeper. Uh, you know, the sons you were talking about, the family tried to have the body exhumed to make sure that foul play wasn't a factor in the death. But when you when you take a look and you do that, if you got the whole town bought off, your corner's gonna be bought off. Oh, I got one better than that. They're not they're not they're gonna say, Well, you we dug her up, you're gonna pay for it, uh, but what happened is what happened. Yeah. And if you would like to know before that, actually no, it's after Satterfield, before the boating accident. Uh, Stephen Smith went to school with Buster, and we did a two-part episode on it. Not only did they have the county, they had the chief pathologist at the South Carolina Medical Institute or University in their pocket because she ruled Stephen Smith's a hit and run. And the reason, and it states it in the autopsy report, the reason she ruled it a hit and run accident. This young man is found laying in the middle of a two-lane road, dead. Mm-hmm. With a head injury. The reason she said it was a hit and run, because he was found on the road. They hit him with a baseball bat and ran. That's what they did. Because a hit and run, he still had his shoes on, he still had his wallet in his pocket, and his iPhone in his pocket. And his body wasn't laying like it had been hit by a car. No. Nothing else was broken up. And 90, and we said this in our episode, 90, I would say, and the guy says it in the HBO documentary, he said, I would dare say 95% of all hit and runs, the shoes, if they're found, are found 
hundreds of yards away. Yeah. They literally are knocked out of their shoes. And Stephen wore, they looked like bands. They were loosely tied so he could just slip them on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They weren't even like a tight, tied shoe. No. You're not getting hit by a car. And then they tried to say that a semi-truck's mirror clipped him. Same thing. Right. You're not going to have that happen and your shoes stay on. Bro, we saw Pet Cemetery. We know what happens. We know what happens when you get by a semi-truck. That's awful. Um, Going back to the housekeeper, and this is what Brittany and I, we talked about this. We think, this is just speculation, this is what we think. We think that with a housekeeper... She was finding drugs, and she had brought it to Mama's attention. And Mama told her to mind her own business. They and got. I'm in. thinking she found more than just recreational drugs. Sure, yeah. I think I'm she, thinking she's probably found. She found the stash. Bricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bricks yeah. on bricks on bricks. Yeah. So, and we, I think that she pushed her down the stairs and killed her. Okay. And then I think Paul saw it. And I think Paul was what? This happened in 2018? 2018. So he would have been 18, 17 or 18 then. So this lady was this lady was his mother. She, yeah, raised, she raised him. him. She raised him and she raised Buster. She showed more, I would probably, dare I say, more of a parental. She's more of a parental figure than, figure than, than the mom yes. or the dad. Yeah. She, she changed their diapers. She cared for them when they were sick. And when he saw his mother kill his his what he felt was probably his mother, the closest anything, all the love that he ever got, real love, it fucked him up so bad that he just loose cannon. Just he didn't care about anything anymore. He knew his dad was a shithead because he was a, a druggie. Okay, he just watched his mom kill the only thing that he loved right in front of him, and he just spiraled out of control. At and that y'all, point. but. And I don't know, Buster may not be like this, but they portray Buster in both documentaries as he's the whipping boy. He just keeps his mouth shut and keeps mm-hmm. his head down. Yeah. And I don't know. They in the they show some pictures, and you can tell in the pictures with just the body language that Alex doted on Paul more. Yes. Um and Paul Paul was your more was more like Alex than Buster was. Um the Alex and and Paul enjoyed the same types of hunting and fishing and things like that. Now, Buster would go along. He just wasn't as adamant and in-depth as those two were. Right. But the that's the the crazy thing is, Grunge did an article on this whole timeline thing, and they said that, so he, Paul was arrested, well, he goes to trial in April, they said somewhere right after he goes to trial, um, Maggie or Margaret, her government name Margaret, but they called him Maggie. <laughs> Maggie inquires a, with a divorce attorney. And here's the thing. Small town politics. If you're going to do that, she would have been better off to go to Atlanta. Yes, to get an attorney. Or Memphis, Tennessee, or somewhere states and states and states away because all the attorneys know the Murdoffs. Yeah. And then, magically, on June the 7th, 
Alex calls 911 and says he found his wife Maggie and their son Paul, now 22, shot dead outside their home in Islandton, which is just an hour north of Hilton Head. And that's on June the 7th of 2021. Three days later, Alex's daddy passes away in his sleep at the age of 81. Hmm. Hmm. Did he? You know, I said it like a liar would. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, really. Then June 15th, SLED, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, releases basic information about the June 7th killings of Maggie and Paul saying that Alex called 911 at 10.07 and investigators collected evidence that night and the next morning. Now, this turns, this is when the national spotlight hits because they kind of kept it out of, the boating accident, they kind of kept out they of national kept, news. Yeah, they kept it under wraps. Even with her body missing for a week, they kept that off the headline news. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Maggie and Paul are killed, now every news station, the two other brothers that worked at the law uh, firm, they're on Good Morning America saying that they're offering a $500,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of whoever did this to their loved ones, knowing damn well. They know who did it. They know who did it. Yeah, John Marvin Murdoch and Randy Randolph Murdoch the Fourth were on Good Morning America. Yeah, dude, they there's there's some sketchy fuckers too, in my opinion. I mean, it's just it's my opinion, but um, I I feel like, uh, what do you think, man? You think that? Do you think he was tied into some like like major drug players? I don't know if he was smart enough. He was buying him though. My well, my thing is, I don't know if he was smart enough. Or that came out wrong. I don't think he was dumb enough. I think he was smart enough to not get tied into that. And he bought from local guys, local guys that he could manipulate. Yeah. I can keep you out of jail. I can turn the blind. I can keep the sheriff's office. I'm getting a two for one on my pills. Right. Two for one discount. Right. So it's buy one, get three free day. Yeah. And you every ain't gonna day, say shit. Every day. Yeah. But I mean, we can go back to it too. Like we were talking about, uh, he, he tried to fake his own, his own fucking death. Tried to say that he was changing his tire. And yeah, his, he and pays his, that and his, guy that his gets, drug dealer comes up to, to kill him. And my thing is they interview that guy. He's like, he didn't pay me to kill him because he'd, he'd be, be dead. dead. <laughs> and that's the best line. Yeah. Ever. And you can tell that old boy. He is wasn't from black. the low country. Yeah. He's for real. He's for real. We don't miss where yeah, I'm from. No, not that, Especially not at that, that close. Rate. Not that close. I ain't grazing. I ain't parting his hair. <laughs> Did he have hair yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He shaved that when he, he got He shaved that when he got to prison. But that was the other thing, too. Like, he called in, said he was changing his tire, and somebody came up and shot him in the head. And 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 then when the story came out, like, you hear the 911 call. He's like, I'm bleeding out my head. Somebody tried to kill me. No, he tried to shoot himself. He tried to shoot himself. And the description he gives is, does not look anything like the old boy that no. he tried to pin it on. No. And now I think they got him on parole violation for having a, because they did go find him and he had a pistol on him, but it wasn't the same caliber. Right. But a, he, I think he was a convicted felon for something else. I think he was a chop shopper. Yeah. I think he, I and think he so. laundered some stuff for him mechanically. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was when they interviewed him. It was either on, um, it was one of the morning shows and that reporter <laughs> steps right off in the deep end. Did you attempt to kill Alex Murdoch? No, because if I had, he'd be dead. He'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. That's the coldest shit I've ever heard. And I was like, yep. And he had that sly look mm-hmm. on his face like, you dumb son of a bitches. He did this himself. Y'all getting a piss disc <laughs> for Christmas. So, but they end up putting him in jail. Uh, they actually, they, they arrest him on, on killing, killing his wife and his son. Uh, he gets arrested, Maggie and Paul. Um, my, but there's so many videos. The body cam videos are so bizarre. Like, did you remember like watching the bizarre? Like, excuse me. There's so many TikTok videos that got out, not of people dancing, but uh, of of body cam footage. I don't know how this shit gets leaked. Do you? Well, it's digital. It's uploaded to the cloud. I guess so. So there's a hacker situation okay. there. Now, good job, one, fellas. One thing that you can. Um, you can look into is Alex resigns from the law firm. Now the law firm, and I am not making this up is Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Elstroth and Dietrich P M P E D. They just needed Ingalls to be a P I M P E D. Damn. Damn. Could you imagine those white boys going, thank you for calling P M P E D. No, I couldn't. <laughs> It's like, what is it? The three stages was like, uh, the law firms to screw them and cheat them. <laughs> yeah. I read that. I was dying. But no, seriously, he resigns from his law firm he, on September 3rd. Do you think then he was forced out? He was forced out. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Because they said in one of the documentaries, that's when, not his brothers, the other partners. They started finding all this Found money. the financial, re- yeah, all the dumbass didn't hide his footprint. And, no. and y'all, when I say... It's not, I'm going to say 3.1 million, but that's not even it. I want to say it was something like $45 million he's embezzled. Yeah. How do you, how do you get away with that? How do you piss that much money away? I mean, he's taking 60 pills a day, man. Shit. He's (laughs) selling 60. Yeah. But anyway, so he resigns on the, on September 3rd. He, somebody tried to kill him, um, on September the 4th. The thing is... They take he was where he was shot. He was closer to Savannah. They took him to Savannah to a hospital in Savannah for a superficial gunshot wound to the head to the coconut. And then they knew they're like they did, and he did. He did admit that he tried to. Was it on the nine one one call? He he did admit he tried to kill him. He tried to shoot himself. It wasn't on the nine one one call. It was after that. It was on September sixth when he officially publicly resigned from the law firm and said he was entering rehab. And then um, September 7th is when the other partners discovered that he had misappropriated, misappropriated funds and violated standards and policies. Y'all, they're, they're, they're 45 million. That's just what they could find. There's right. No that's telling. it. 45 there's, million. Yes. There's no I telling. knew it was. I, yeah. I, Dude, there's no telling how much money that got, squandered that they have no idea where it went between the 8th it, and the 10th he's he first, disbarred he first got accused of stealing a million from the law firm and i think that's accused. probably what happened they had a bean counter that was like look it's kind of like capone's when they finally got capone's accountant yeah once you get 
a bean counter sniffing in the wrong direction, your goose is cooked. Yeah, if you don't make them disappear, that's a wrap. Yeah, his his local drug dealer, that joker, he's like rough. Boy, his name was Curtis Edward Smith. Curtis. 61. Yep. He's like, nah, that motherfucker would be dead if it was me. <laughs> he sure did. That was some cold. And he had that sheepish grin on his face. Yeah. Cold, hard shit. And it's like you said, we were taking a look. He um he did, he he turned himself in uh, on shooting himself. He actually turned himself in September 16th of 2021. Uh, he, he's like, oh, I did it. I shot myself. Sorry. Well, I, so let's go back. Um So he offers Curtis ten million on a life insurance policy. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He offers Curtis part of that ten million dollars, ten million dollar insurance policy because that would have set Buster up for life. Despite anything, if they just ripped everything, tore everything out, Buster would have collected ten million because he was sole beneficiary. So that's on September the fourteenth. On September the fifteenth is when. Law enforcement opens up the criminal investigation into Gloria's death. And then they open the investigation into Stephen Smith's death. That death That's the young guy that um, was found in the middle of the road. September the 16th, they finally arrest Alex in connection to an insurance fraud scheme that court documents say involved Murdoch arranging for his own killing mm-hmm. so his surviving son could collect the insurance right he was also charged with insurance fraud conspiracy to commit insurance fraud and filing a false police report september the 22nd is when connor cook files a lawsuit against alex and um his estate because they tried to blame connor for the boating crash Mm mm-hmm he also alleges Cook now, Connor Cook also alleges that Alex should have been aware of his underage son Paul's alcohol issues and should not have allowed him to use that boat. Because he provided him with alcohol. Yep. And probably taking pills too. Oh yeah. I mean, of course. I mean it was right there. You know what the crazy thing is? This fucker went to jail and the judge did not believe that he was a threat to the community. And he let him out on a $20,000 bond, 10000 for insurance fraud, 5000 to conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, and 5000 for filing a, a false police report. He did have to surrender his passport, and he was released back into rehab. He's probably yeah. one of the most dangerous men in the South. They And they send him out of state. They send him to Orlando for drug rehab. That's what I don't understand. Which he had that judge. Yeah, that he had that judge in his pocket for sure. I mean, hell, that was a that was a resort. Uh, He was also he had long been considered the person of interest in his wife and son's murder. Um, From the get go, they thought he was the guy. He was a person of interest. Um, He insisted that his uh, Griffin insisted and Griffin insisted that uh, this is Jim Griffin. This is. this is Alex's lawyer. He insisted that uh, he was visiting his mother who had dementia at the time of the murders. He had no motive to kill. Uh, you would think that Alex was the one who did it. Uh, and you would think that 
they would search his house and find blood somewhere. You would find murder weapons somewhere. Um, they did not find any of those things. But you got video of the guy with the drone with the two brothers that's giving a statement that, oh, we give this much money if we can find out. They're taking all the fucking guns out of the house. I mean, it's right there in yeah. dro- drone footage video. And of that, them guy taking said, the guns. that guy that was using the drone said that he sent that drone up thinking, I'm just going to get a picture of this house, and he catches them pulling off. And those guns still hadn't been found. No, they're they're in a swamp. They're in an yeah. ocean somewhere, yeah. dude. They're in that river. Talk, going back to the 911 call about him trying to shoot himself, it said that on October 22nd, the recordings, including two calls made by Murdoch himself, were released, and a third by a passerby tells 911 that he didn't stop at the scene because it looked like a setup, like he was going to rob Yeah, him. I remember that. That's how shitty yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah. His goofy ass out there and his fucking button up. And he, Seersucker pants. He's got that strawberry blonde hair. That son of a bitch will get skin cancer if he opens the door. <laughs> Yeah. You know he's red-faced. Yeah. Well, hell, he's red-faced because he's probably high as a fucking guy. Now, South Carolina's Judge Clifton Newman, somewhere in October, November time frame, denies him bail pending a psychiatric evaluation. And then before the psychiatric evaluation happens is when the 911 calls come out. Then the psyche eval comes back. And then on November the 10th, she denies his ass again, saying that you've misappropriated the settlement of funds in connection with the housekeeper, therefore bond is, or whatever. Yeah, denies bond. The bond, bond's revoked. Yeah, that... Uh, he is a danger to both himself and the community, yeah, she said. if anything, he was... I mean, you can prove that he's a danger to himself. You know what I mean? Uh... I mean, it's 20, just they got his ass. They filed five indictments and twenty-seven charges. Twenty-seven counts of financial misconduct. Yeah, it says which four should, counts of breach of trust. Seven sentence for anybody else. That is a death sentence for you. Four counts of breach of, of trust with fraudulent intent. Seven counts of obtaining signature of property or property by false pretenses. Seven counts of money laundering. Eight counts of computer crimes and one count of forgery. Altogether, Murdoch is charged. With respect to alleged schemes to defraud victims and thereafter launder $4.85 million. And I've seen, I'm seeing something here that the numbers are different. Uh, they said that he's stolen more than $6.2 million. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Then additional, they get him with 48 more. And it gets up to almost seven million, like you said. Jesus. And then, in February of 2022, uh, they actually put the estate up for sale to try to recruit, I guess, fees or lawyers' fees, court costs, whatever. Uh, and they put it uh, up to sell uh, for three point nine million. This is February of 2022. Yeah, now um, we are in twenty. All right, so June third of twenty twenty two. I'm sorry. Yeah, June of the indictments are now seventy one charges, <laughs> and he's defrauded almost eight and a half million in various schemes. And June the third, Sled approaches the family of Gloria Satterfield, saying they would like to exhume her body. Mm-hmm. So the exhumation, but. No, that's my thing, man. I would, if I was that family, I would be like, yeah, y'all can, you can exhume her body. 
but there ain't nobody in this fucking state touching her. Yeah. And if y'all don't know crooked ass medical examiners and the lady, I cannot think of her name, but listen to our podcast. It's, um, I think it's 176 and 177 or 177 and 178. I don't know. No, it's 177 and 178. We do two episodes on Stephen Smith's case. And if you followed going back to Clinton body count, the medical examiner for the state of Arkansas back then when he was governor, governor was this man named Fahmy Malik. He ruled that a guy shot himself in the head eight times with a revolver. Suicide. Yeah. Suicide. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, we're about to get off track here, but what about the guy in Atlanta that found up dead in Louisiana? He rolled up, rolled in, up in the carpet. carpet. But it was, it, was, it was suicide. No foul play. No foul play. He rolled, him, he rolled himself up like a burrito, killed himself, uh, whatever. We yeah, we're going to get, gonna get we'll crazy. Get too. All right, so here's the thing. There was 437 checks this dumbass let these two other men write, totaling $2.4 million. It, 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 it just, if you can imagine it, he attempted it. And it's one of those things where, is it a God complex? Yeah, I mean, the whole family's been able to run amok for 100, 100 years. 100 years. Yeah. They've had rule of those four counties. No no recourse. Nobody questioned them. They were scared of them. And he's tied into the paternal order of police for the state. He's shaking hands with the governor. He's eating dinner with the governor. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're just so well-connected for so long. He, This man is looking at 81 charges. And if you watch the Netflix, I think if you watch the Netflix, Buster and him talk on the jail telephone. And it says before the recording starts, it's that damn record. This you may be, be recorded. recorded. And then two dumbasses. He's like, man, I, I cleaned up Super Bowl or playoffs. Man, I took... I got eight bags of chips, and I'm like, got some honey buns, I got some soups. Yeah, I mean, what an idiot. And then they catch Buster in Vegas before. Gambling is, yeah. Trying to make money at the crap Like it ain't nothing like. And he goes, well, damn, why, how did they recognize you? And Buster, you hear Buster say, well, I think we're pretty famous. Yeah, we're pretty famous now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not doing this case justice because, and I'm going to say this. There is a whole podcast, and I want to say the lady's done over 100 episodes on nothing but the Murdoch murder. Holy cow, really? Yeah, and she's an investigative journalist in South Carolina. Now, she's gotten some flack about she doesn't have a voice for radio. But she's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm an investigative journalist. I'm just giving you the, the facts. facts. Yeah. And her episodes are anywhere from like 22 to 40-something minutes, depending on the topic. She covers it all. Gotcha. And she was like, day by day, she's in the courtroom. So if you want like the whole thing, we're just barely scratching the surface. She does a great job. They're pretty short and sweet and to the point. But yeah, it's called the Murdoch Miss. Fuck, I can't even talk. Murdoch Murders Podcast. And while you're saying what you, I'll yeah. give her name. Um, he was charged with two counts of murder, two counts of possession with a weapon during commission of a violent crime. Um, after the charges were handed down, his lawyers, uh, I ain't even trying to say that. What is it? Harpootlin, Dick Harpootlin and Jim Griffin maintain their client's innocence in a statement to the people. Alex wants his family and friends and everyone to know that he didn't have anything to do with the murders of Maggie and Paul. He loved them more than anything in the world. 
It was very clear from day one that law enforcement and the attorney general prematurely concluded that Alex was responsible for the murders of his wife and his son. He was not innocent. No. Uh, People reports Alex Murdoch lured his wife into the cabin the night she was killed. See, this is new. I didn't even read any of this. See, when we dropped our last episode on Stephen Smith... um, that was the day we recorded that second episode was the day he was found guilty, like an hour before we started recording. And that's what's crazy is this is kind of like the Nexium cult. You won't, we won't know for years. No. We will not know Maybe for not years. not know ever. Ever. No, because yeah. I got a feeling he sure as shit ain't talking. Yeah. Law enforcement close, uh, source close to the investigation told people that uh, the night of the murder, Alex reached out to Maggie, asking him to meet her at the family's estate. According to sources, Alex told Maggie to, that his 81-year-old father was in failing health, and he needed she needed to see him before he died. And according to several sources, Maggie and Alex had hit a rough patch in their marriage. Uh, she was staying at the family's beach home and approximately an hour away from the estate. Law enforcement told... Uh, Source told uh, people that Maggie intentionally declined to meet Alex at the family home, suggested they meet at the hospital instead. Uh, Ultimately, she consented to meet at the property, planning to follow Alex to the hospital in their own vehicle. On the way to the hospital, I'm sorry, the way to the house, Maggie alleged a message of friends saying something about her husband's behavior and everything felt kind of fishy. Um... And he's up to something. I just don't know what it is. Not long after that, Maggie and Paul were both killed. And that's my question. And let me. And then the trial begins. Yeah. And I'm (laughs) going to correct myself. She has 83 episodes. Um, Her name's Mandy Matney, and she has a co-host named Liz Farrell. They're both very good investigative journalists, and they cover everything. But here's my question, and this is what I wanted to get to. And it's kind of a open-ended what did she know everything in my mind but my question is what did he think she knew and why if anybody was going to tow the company line paul would have did he kill the housekeeper paul no alex yeah i don't know see that was one thing but we were researching but he wasn't there when we were researching, we only we dived deep, and when I say dive deep into the Stephen Smith case, I have twenty seven typed pages of notes just Holy on his cow. case. Okay, so yeah, I mean it's in depth, and that's just one ask. That's one person that's been tied. And I told uh, Coach when he said, "Man, we need to do this case," and I was like, "Well, where, where's it at?" And he goes, "Oh, it's in South Carolina." I was like, "Oh, that'll be good." And then as soon as I type in the name, it says Murdoch, and I'm like, "You son of a bitch!" I've tried to stay out of this rabbit hole, and yeah. I mean, I was down it. Yeah, but that's the thing. My question is, and I'll have to go back and watch the Netflix documentary. That groundskeeper, I think he's the key to that whole day. He can tell you who was there because he, I I think he said he arrives on the property every morning at either six or seven to start his day. Mm -hmm. And he is up near the gate when, the housekeeper comes in. So he would have known who was at the house. But my question is, what did Paul do to warrant his death? Now, the wife, like you said, if she, if he caught wind, she was looking for a divorce, he's done. Yeah. 
like a retirement, everything. Everything. Shit, shit. Her name may be, it may be Maggie's law firm. Right. Okay. I kind of understand that. And she would have been able to say, no, he wasn't buying or doing 61 pills. You know, he was doing whatever. But Paul, was he a, was he collateral damage? Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. I think that he meant to kill Maggie, Maggie and Paul, Paul just was happened there. to be there. And unfortunately, he he got killed as well. That's what I think happened. Because I think he would have cared for his boys. And that's what I was saying. Like and everything he, leading and up he to paid that, somebody to kill him, they wouldn't have cared to kill Paul. No, I think he would have had a hard time. I think I don't think he would have had a hard time killing Maggie. But I don't think I think he would have had a tough you time think he killing had, Paul. And we'd kind of discussed this off air. Do you think he had backup? Because the rumor is there's two. Well, there is two shooters. Yeah. There's a shotgun and a um, AR-15, yeah. and that don't mean assault rifle. It does not. What does it mean? Armalite. Okay. Thank you. For those who <laughs> AR, are uneducated, Armalite. AR. They were not very smart. They thought Armalite. Hey, we'll just call it Armalite 15. We fucked up 14 other times. Hell, this one won't this stick one, either. This one might work. I don't know. WD-46. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I think you're right. I mean, I I really think that's what happened. I think that he had all intentions to killing Maggie because she was going to uh, inherit the throne and he wasn't going to have it in probably that long line lineage of Murdoffs that had their wives under wrap. She, w- she was not under wrap and she had to go. And unfortunately, Paul was there. He saw what happened, and they killed him. Uh, like you said, collateral damage. I just it just boggles my mind. I don't see Alex killing Paul. Do not see that happen. I don't either. But my question is, who's going to be your second shooter? Is it Buster? Is Buster your second shooter? And then he now that opens up a whole nother can of worms because he's resented Paul and he his may entire have, life. Yeah. And he's already killed somebody with a baseball bat. Yeah, and he may have. He may have killed saw the situation present itself where he could i had to daddy he was going to hurt you or he was going to call the cops he was going to tell on us yeah oh yeah there you go you might have just figured it out no i didn't figure shit out i mean it sounds legit to me oh my god who knew that snapchat a snapchat video was going to be such a uh critical point in the case yeah, the, at Court TV, this may be the best thing since the OJ trial because when they have Alex's fellow attorneys on the stand and the state's attorneys are trying to examine them, it's like pitting two bulldogs against each other. It is tit for tat. Yeah. No, I don't. So let's get into the Snapchat thing. I uh, there was the video uh, jurors had a slew of evidence, including that Snapchat video of several friends and not that him and his mother had had died revealed in the court case obtained by Fox News. Um, the video uh, described by senior assistant deputy attorney general Craig Waters is critical to the case. Um, he asked the court to require representative to snap from Snapchat to testify the trial, which was expected to last three weeks. Um he approved Waters' request for the testimony from Snapchat representative, and Newman ruled that the representative must appear uh, at the start of the trial until the witness testifies or the case is disposed of. Uh, days before the trial started, Alex's defense team began petitioning the court to prevent prosecutors from using any bloodstain pattern analysts from expert Tom Bevel re- regarding splatter found on Alex's shirt the night of the murder. So in the Snapchat video, you can hear Paul talking, 
and Alex has on a totally different shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. From the one that he's in a police car when the body cam dash cam footage when he's crying, acting hysterical. But yeah, he cleaned acting, up. Yeah, he cleaned that shit up. It was a different shirt for sure. Now that goes to prove. Ladies and gentlemen, to tell your kids, just because everybody says Snapchat disappears. It don't disappear. It's always there. It never goes away. That shit's there like the clap. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, taxes. They revealed uh, that the cell phone evidence would be key in the trial. And he went on to explain that Pod taking a cell phone video near the dog kennels at the ranch at 8.44, 55 p.m. If you want to know how precise that shit is, it's down to the second. Well, here's the other thing. Wasn't the 911 call at like 10, 15 that night? Yes. Uh, the video features the voices of Paul, Maggie, and Alex. Prosecution said that the three minutes later, approximately at 8.49, Alex killed his wife, killed his son, called his wife's cell phone to create an alibi. Alex had initially denied being near the dog kennels on the night of the murders. Alex's defense team uh, claims that the timeline provided for prosecution was false. Guess what? It's It's about as damn precise as it could be. It's like a thumbprint. And here's what's so jacked Cyber up. thumbprint. Where we're sitting right now, you can't get a damn good cell service between here and we're probably, what, two miles as a crow flies? Yeah. Or my computer just freezes up in the middle of a podcast, too. I mean, that happens. Yeah. yeah. So that's Server's what, like two feet from us. But by God, on, in the low country, <laughs> they get your ass on GPS. Yeah. They was probably uh, Verizon. <laughs> Uh, the night of Maggie's murder, she received a text from Alex that read, Call me, babe. According to the testimony, Alex sent the text at 9.47 what a p.m. Dumbass. After they... Maggie and Paul were already dead. Fucking dumbass. Yeah. They'll never catch on. <laughs> you know. I'm Alex Murdoch. Like a liar would. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a liar. Uh, approximately at 9.06 p.m. after prosecution believed that she was already dead, her cell phone camera was briefly activated. Uh, Britt Dove, an employee of a computer crimes unit in South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, offered an explanation. People, they pay people to dig through your phone to see what's happened. They pay people that can get into your phone to see what you've looked at, who you've called, exactly what time. You can't get away with shit anymore. You cannot get away with it. I don't care how smart you think you are. Somebody's way smarter, and it'll pick that shit apart. Uh, it appeared that the phone had been moved and the cameras activated in the background to see if it would recognize somebody's face, that it would unlock. Dove stated uh, a change in the phone's orientation also suggested someone had picked it up. So what it showed was her phone was picked up and it tried the face recognition, recognition and it, it didn't, didn't, didn't recognize it. So I wonder if it recognized who the face was. I'm sure you can. I'm sure this damn thing will do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you got, and then we got the tale of two shirts on the night of the murder. Uh, prosecution shows that video, the Snapchat video of uh, Alex wearing two different shirts. Uh, one, uh, when he's having a conversation with Paul, with Paul on Snapchat. And then again, uh, in the police car. Where's Buster? Nobody, that's my, and it's like, where's Waldo? Where is Buster? The two brothers got Buster and got the hell out of Dodge. Before or after? They they got Buster and the guns and got the hell out of Dodge. So who was the drones? Who was on the was that Buster the on the drone? No, the or brothers. that was the brothers the on the brothers drone. Brothers on the drone. Fridge. Okay, so my question is, if Buster's your second shooter, where the and, you, and Daddy's probably gonna send him off because he's heir apparent. Let's now. go back to the let's go back to the boat. 
as soon as something happened, what they do? They started moving pe- people in places. Like, oh get, yeah, the Stephen Smith get, thing. They yeah. were sending people fucking on vacation, sending people in different locations so they can get their story Alibis. straight. And then, then once they do call for him, he's got his story together. He's got his shit together. He's got alibis. He's got yeah. The brothers got they. The brothers and Alex moved Buster. Not that I'm smart and I like my own opinion, but my opinion of Buster being the second shooter may hold water because Buster fails out of college and he was going to get his law degree. Buster's a fuck up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got kicked out of school cheating on a on a on an exam. I mean, that's just that's screaming kick me. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Because everybody and their fucking mother cheats in college. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to be kicked out. Yeah, you purposely got your ass caught um the uh tearful uh shelly smith the caregiver for alex's elderly mother testified that alex arrived for a brief visit that night of the murders she said that smith was carrying a blue tarp under his arm and acting fidgety smith also testified that alex visited his visit lasted 10 to 15 minutes um he's just creating an alibi yeah Yeah, i was there that night he also insisted the state she he though he insisted he had stayed longer, Smith said Alex attempted to explain his encounters in a timeline fashion to estimate the visit lasting thirty to forty minutes long. Prosecution said that Alex visited his mother to create an alibi. Still, if this visit to his mother's home only lasted for fifteen to twenty minutes, as Smith testified, prosecutor said he would have had time to murder his wife and his son. I mean it's all there. It's all there. Uh, did you know that the trial was interrupted by bomb threats? Yes. Early Surely after- you're making this up. No, 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 no. no. I mean, now, guy- now you're just fabricating. No, yeah, shit. this is just making shit up. Now. Uh, early that afternoon, uh, the this ju- case pisses me off so bad I'm having to drink another. I know Judge Clifton uh, Clifton Newman addressed the uh, county courtroom, saying that we have evacuated the building at this time. Recess will. Uh, we'll be in recess until we discover what's going on. So there's on. a guy over there in an orange jumpsuit with a cell phone, his hands are handcuffed. He goes, hey, there's a bomb. There's a bomb. Murdoch, what are you doing? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I was I was checking the weather. I was ordering a pizza. It was my horoscope. You know, they said I, it, things were going to look better for me. I was checking on Buster. Uh, officials later confirmed the courthouse did receive a bomb threat, and it was very serious, and it was taken serious. Uh, until we know what's going on, everyone needs to stay at a safe distance away from the courthouse. Murdoch's sister-in-laws testify. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. The Stepford wives have yeah. come to tell it yeah. all. Yeah, the desperate housewives. Uh, Maggie's sister, uh, Marion Proctor, testified that she asked Alex if uh, Maggie had suffered when he shot her to death. He assured, her, he assured me that she had not. Uh, now I don't know uh, what to think, and I don't know what's true. Hold on, back up. <laughs> Read I that mean, again. Did he just admit to killing her? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Read that again. Maggie's sister, Marion Proctor, testified that she asked Alex if Maggie had suffered when she was shot to death. He assured me that she had not, said Proctor. Now I don't know what to think. I don't know what to believe and what's true. <laughs> well, he just pretty much said, I, I shot her and she didn't suffer. So for those of you that didn't follow the trial, and I tried not to because I wanted to stay out of the rabbit hole until a coach pulled me down. <laughs> they only deliberated for three hours. Didn't take long. You know what they did? They all got in there and they're like, hey, it's like 430. 
Let's order the court transcripts. That's going to put us five, at least five. Ask for We need to see some evidence. That's 530. Let's get some dinner. He called that pizza in. After, after, There's supposed to be pizza here. After we get to dinner, huh. you know they were all over with like toothpicks. Yeah. What y'all saying? Yeah, that's what we thought. Yeah. He's guilty as shit. Let's go. The following day, jurors learned the details about Alex's opioid addiction, including the claim that he had spent $50,000 a week on the drug, which defense claims it could have been a motive for someone else to kill Maggie and Paul. Okay, that's kind of where I was thinking. Did he owe some drug dealers money? But eight million dollars, dude. He ain't using dude, that many opioids if you're buying, in a week. If you're buying that many, oh, all right. Let's just go back There's to the not party. A drug. Okay, if he's if he's got opioids at his party, and you're the drug dealer, and this fucker has paid you. All right, say I'm him. You're the drug dealer. I'm gonna come to you. Look, man, I need some pills for the party. We're partying again this weekend. I'm paying you. It may be buy one get three free. Okay, but I, you are Alex Murdoch's your best customer. Why are you gonna kill his family and cut that off? You're not. That, every time someone says, "Oh, it's probably a drug deal gone bad," drug dealers do not kill their fucking customers unless you're the cartel with fentanyl. But listen, I want to give you some math, some some oh, uh, some drug dealer math here. <laughs> Y'all hold on. Rob's the, gonna do math. Gonna do back. No, I got my calculator out for this. <laughs> Okay, so he did $50,000 worth of pills a week, okay? An opioid pill, so I've heard, not that I've done it or bought it from anybody. I did, I had, I knew somebody that did, and it ruined their life. They spent $30. A pill? A pill. Back when? Man, maybe, I'd say maybe eight years ago. I got some old hydrocodones. You think you can give them a call? <laughs> so you're telling me? I'm just joking. Hold on, dude. This is and this is this is going to be a staggering amount. So gonna, thirty dollars a pill. He was doing how many? He was taking fifty thousand dollars a day, a week. So fifty thousand divided by thirty. I got it. He he is he a week. This man is taking one thousand six hundred and sixty-seven hydrocodone oxycodone pills. A week, okay. I bet he ain't shit in four years. Divide that by seven. He's taking two hundred and thirty-eight pills a day. There's no way. No fucking way. He's taking two hundred thirty-eight opioid a, pills a day. He's got quick creep in his guts. <laughs> that shit will solidify. You. You ever got the doo doos? Take you a hydrocodone? Yeah, he would be so impacted in a week. That he, Hell, in three days. Him. Yeah, he'd have died from. There's no septic. way. There's no way. Shock. I would I would be curious to see what that dose would do to an elephant. You know, how many elephants can you kill with that dose? I don't know. I'm sure if you Google it. Hey, Siri. Not big, fat, fucking goofy gingers that passed the bar exam. Surely to God, Hold on. Hold they on. can take more. She doesn't get, she said that's not nice. You, Siri said that was not nice. Call him a fat fuck ginger. <laughs> Siri, mind your own fucking business. Hey, Siri. How much hydrocodone would it take to kill an elephant? Oh, that's a great question. Is it going to be one of them fucking cookie monster answers? Oh, no shit. It's on here. Is Holy it? fucking shit. I am not believing it. There's an article on it. Oh, my God. What, is it? what does it you say? S- the Washington Post, of course, is oh, fucking behind the pa- paywall. 
on some bullshit. Anyway, they do. They it legitimately. Let me ask. Let me ask my phone real quick. Uh, how how many hydrocodones would it take to kill an elephant? Let's see. Man, just come on, dude. Give me an answer. I know everybody's dying to hear this. No, we're not talking about heroin. Well, I've got LSD. I got cocaine. I got weed. <laughs> weed ain't gonna kill it. Uh, we don't. I don't have a good uh, caffeine. That's stupid. I mean, opioid. I mean, fentanyl wouldn't take much. Anyway. Okay, got it. Oh wait, no, hold on. Oh man, come on, you can do it. Damn it. What is a legal dose? What is a lethal dose of oxycotton? They are saying eighty milligrams a day. Eighty milligrams a day. If you take more than eighty milligrams a day, your ass will die. You're looking at probably, and that's opioid tolerant. That's so tw- that's twenty five milligrams in a pill. Well, that's what they were saying. You can get five milligrams, seven and a half, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, sixty, or the big big dogs, the eighties. Are for people people who are opioid tolerant, so your butt your body just doesn't just doesn't yeah. recognize it. So there's no way that man took 160. No, I'm sorry, 1,667 pills in a week. Yes, and you said what was it in seven days? 238, 238 pills a day. No way. Let me jump back in here with a with the uh, sister in laws. Uh, you got uh, the following day, jur- jurors learned the details of his opioid addiction, claimed that uh, we just debunked that. that. There's no way that's possible. Um, Alex's attorney, Jim Griffin, claimed that Murdoch purchased drugs from his cousin, Curtis Eddie Smith. Uh, he was the one who was involved in the murder for hire plot. Oh, okay. I was about to say his cousin, not Alex. I was like, damn, this tree don't branch. If that was no Alex's cousin. While cross-examining uh, Special Agent uh, David Owen, who was the lead investigator in the murder case, uh, Owen, he asked Owen why didn't authorities treat Smith and alleged uh, members of his gang as suspects of the slaying of Maggie and Paul. And Owen reiterated that Alex has always been the only suspect in the case, but the line of questioning prompted the judge to rule the details about the alleged murder-for-hire plot now to be brought forward into testimony. Previously, the judge had ruled the allegation plot was inadmissible uh, stating that uh, it was it was just another you know open door to to the to the testimony, but it was fake. Why 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 is it you know the judge is right not submissible because it's it's a made up fucking story it wasn't even real. Buster testified about the murders of his mother and his brother. Buster, if you look at Buster in his picture, dude, this motherfucker's got shark eyes, like his daddy. Like he, Alex says, there's nothing, nothing behind they, that. That the lights are on, nobody's home. Okay, so another thing with oxy, it says that you there are people out there that once you, your body builds up a tolerance, so it could take a hundred milligrams to get you high, but if you jump up, even if you're on that, you would start to OD at three hundred milligrams. Three hundred milligrams. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, it's not. So that's what I'm thinking. Not I'm thinking possible. he's, but, but oxy being a party drug though, they don't party with that. They that's what I'm saying. Get lost. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, but, they don't take that many to get you lost. Let's just go back to the because I now I'm stuck on this. So 268. He's 238. Just had, 238. Let's just say 240 for shit. Yeah, 240. 
So 240 pills. If you're having one party, they said there was a lot of people there. So let's say there's 200 people there. That's one pill per person. Well, not everybody's going to take it. Right. That's two pills per person for people that are taking mm-hmm. it. You're not partying every fucking day. What? That's not, all of that's bull. That's money laundering yes. on the drug yeah, side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That is exactly what that is. Yeah. That is them trying to sp- figure what out. What did he fucking spend the money on? Yeah. Eight, he embezzled $8 million. Yeah. Do you know how hard it would be for me to spend $8 million after I paid all my debt off? Yeah. It'd be damn difficult. Yeah. Because there's only a certain amount of shit I want. Yeah. Now, you can use, I think, I think a habit that you could use that you could do drugs for a long time and spend, burn through a lot of money is cocaine. I mean, people agree. Rich people can burn through that, but but eight million dollars in how many years? We're looking at what? I don't know. They said, well, we don't know because you don't have the financial records. Yeah, and you don't. And and again, that eight million is not even a true no, number. No, they've wrote most of that off, and they've got fraudulent insurance company. That's yeah. another thing. They're going. Yeah. They're that law firm's going to get that money back. Oh, now, yeah. Whether or not. The poor people they embezzled it from will ever get. They it. won't see a penny of it. That poor housekeeper. They'll never see any of it. Never. They'll never get peace. They'll never get justice on that. But that's what I don't understand, y'all. Here's the thing. People in the low country, like your common blue-collar workers in the low country, are borderline Cajuns. Yeah, they get their own. I mean, I watched that movie with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) I know what happens in there. Or was that Patrick Swayze? Either one. Yeah, what was that? That was in Kentucky. No, there was a one. There was a. There was a. Patrick Swayze was in Kentucky. Okay, so was was a Van Damme was the one in in Louisiana. Louisiana, because he was French Cajun. Yeah, he could tell like that. He could tell him right <laughs> now that damn gator down to eat your ass up. Why? I'm gonna tell you right now that boy could kick. That boy could stretch his legs. Yes, he could. Um. Uh, get back to Alex made a phone call to Buster. He said, Hey, are you sitting down? Buster uh, recalled referring to his father and he said he sounded odd. And then he told me that my mother and my brother had been shot following the news. The eldest Murdoch brother and his girlfriend drove to the family estate from their uh, home in Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is 200 miles away. There's his alibi. I was with my girlfriend 200 miles away when my dad made the phone call. Y'all. Hmm. He was, she wasn't there for his looks. No, son. Uh, he was heartbroken, uh, said about his father's reaction when they arrived and walked in the door and gave him a hug. He was destroyed. Buster also claimed that he knew a little bit about his father's drug use. That's a fucking crock of shit. Uh, pointing out that his mother and his brother had confronted Alex when they saw they found all the pills. I thought that he handled it. He said that he admit that there were a couple of more times that his father had relapsed. So here's my thing with an open. Let's go back to the hydrocodone. If he's. He just look, gave, there's the fucking pain clinics out there that'll give you the good stuff. Not yeah. you're, We're not talking five and seven point yeah. fives. We're talking the 10 twenties that are going to make you numb. Dude. So is he popping them to stay numb? But you're still not going to take 240. You still can't take Even if he was addicted to it, that's what I'm saying. Is he taking it to just numb himself because he feels like at any moment that tidal wave from the embezzlement is going to crash? Well, here's the other thing, too. He admitted to taking 60 pills a day, but if you did, we did the math, we did the math, that figures up to be 238 pills a day. 
240. Even if you took 60 a day, oh, that would kill you too. You're dead. Yeah. You're, well, you you're, you're into an OD state, shortness of breath. Your body's going to shut down. Yeah. You know, the fudge factory's closed. <laughs> your your heart rate's going to go yeah. down. Your Shallow lungs breathing. Are, yeah. yeah. You're fucking, no way. No way. Uh, on Thursday, disgraced South Carolina lawyer Alex Murdoch took the stand in his own defense and his ongoing murder trial. Uh, he took the stand and uh, he admitted to a lot of law enforcement about his whereabouts were the day his wife and son were killed. The only reason he he said, I lied, because they have proof that he was not where he said he was. Because that GPS said 54 seconds. As my addiction evolved over time, I would get in these situations or circumstances where I would get paranoid. Like I thought my wife was going to take all my shit from me and I killed her. You didn't say that, but that's that's what that's where we're going. He said, "Sorry, I lied." You know, like squatters' rights. Yeah, <laughs> Murdoch also apologized for his surviving son Buster. I didn't mean to kill your mama and your brother. Uh, thanks for helping me get rid of them. Uh, the additional family members for lying the last time he saw Paul and Maggie. What a tangled web we weave, Murdoch said on the stands. Oh, he's the fall guy for the whole law firm. Once I told a lie, and then I told my family I had to keep what. Then I told him to I had to keep lying. Yeah. yeah. Although he admitted to lying, Murdoch admittedly or adamantly, admittedly, is what he well, should Well, he done be. told their sister. Yeah. Denied killing Maggie and Paul. I could never intentionally do that. Uh, I couldn't hurt either one of them. Never. Not never. Shit. Now give me another pill. Somebody hit me. I went with a pill. I wonder if he's drinking the old uh, grape liquor out of the toilet in the prison. Here's the other thing. He said he took 60 oxycotton pill, oxycodone. That's stronger than hydrocodone. Yeah, that's that's the hillbilly heroin. Yeah. There ain't no fucking way. Sorry. That's a lot. Um let's get into his uh his opioid addiction. Uh he was taking, man, there's 2000 milligrams of oxycotton and oxycodone a day. No, you're dead. No way. It's not there were days I would take more than that, he no, said. No, he's full of shit. Yeah, you're full of shit, dude. We just found the article from WebMD. You know they don't lie. Yeah, do, yeah. <laughs> just ask ask the CDC. Where's Fauci at on this one? I never said we I should shut the country down. I never said we should not the take down. that many pills. And then they showed the same yeah. fucking shirt and tie. We I should close to the, the country I down. I suggested to the, the president that we should shut the country down. Mm-hmm. If he was taking the oxycotton in his asshole, he would not <laughs> feel the he was same stashing it. Yeah, shove them all in your prison wallet. Uh, <laughs> during a cross examination, Murdaugh admitted that he even had a pocket full of pills when he was speaking to members of the South Carolina law enforcement. Uh, the sled about the murders. Uh, he testified that he was taking thirty milligram pills. No, no, no. we just just no. debunked this no. whole thing. Yeah, I can't even talk about the pill thing anymore. It's totally bullshit. It's bullshit, man. Uh, Mur- uh, Murdoch's brother recounts cleaning up the nephew's remains after the murder as the defense team's final witness. Why is he? Why is he it? fucking there in the first Why place? Why is he cleaning it? That's what I want to know. He's getting rid of evidence, man. Is uh, that? Bef- is come it, on, man. Did you clean up the you know his the remains thing. and then you went and cleaned up and then you come back and got rid of all them guns? Yes. Yes. Um, Alex's younger brother, Shit, motherfucker head. John Marvin, John Marvin teared up as the jurors took somebody up, squeezed his nuts. Uh, yeah. The jurors, uh, how he cleaned up uh, the remains of his nephew's body at a crime scene said it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Well, first of all, you're full of shit. I saw blood. I saw brains. I saw pieces of skull. I saw tissues. 
Um, okay, so we talked about this off air. The way, and I can't, I cannot tell you where to go see it. There's a video out there. Someone that is a lot smarter than myself and me, of course, has done some ballistic calculations. And Paul's murder, I'm sorry, Paul's injuries, the fatal shot is from a low upward facing angle as if someone pulled the trigger on the shotgun and then slipped in a dog turd because the dogs always always there yeah um and accidentally discharged or thought he was still mobile and pulled as he's fallen to make sure he doesn't get away yeah and it is an upward angle that catches him Shoulder to ear to top of the skull. Mm. There's just, y'all, there's some. And I I guess I go back to the whole thing with, okay, she's going to take everything I got. Yeah. Fucking put her on the boat. Yeah. She knows better than to go fishing with him. Well, yeah. She but knows but you see back. what I'm saying, though? There's there's other ways to do it. She didn't even want to go to the house. Like, she knew, yeah, she she knew, knew something, something was fishy. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, John Marvin also vowed <laughs> that uh, he'd find his nephew's killer that day. That's about as southern as I can get. I sound like, I sound like a black dude, though. I try to sound more like Connor Sanders. Uh, see, what you have to do is you have to exaggerate those syllables I and just talk slow it down slow. like a southern gentleman. That's right. I told Paul like I love Candyland. I promised him. Look, <laughs> can we all just agree the masks were a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see shit in this goddamn thing. Oh, fuck. I done ripped it again. <laughs> Do you got another one? Hell ain't no, we ain't got another one. Got goddamn mask. Look, it don't matter whether <laughs> I can see or you can see. It's whether the fucking horse can see. <laughs> It's an element of surprise. God. <laughs> I told Paul I loved him and I promised I'd find out who did this. And then I looked across the courtroom and my fat piece of shit brother and said, you fat found you <laughs> found him, Paul. Uh, defense attorney Jim Griffin asked if he had found the killers. And he replied, I have not, sir. <laughs> Y'all, it's it's a comedy of errors because they're so stupid. And I mean S-T-E-W-P-I-D. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. On March the 2nd, 2023, after weeks of testimony, more than 75 witnesses took the stand. Disgraced South Carolina lawyer Alex Murdoch was found guilty. March 2nd, 2023, I just said that, of murdering his wife Maggie and his son Paul. After three hours of deliberation, they said, he gone. He gone. He got two life sentences. Yeah, but somebody said, and you know how the night of stuff, somebody had said that um, they had only given him like 30 or 40 years, and I'm like, no, nah, that ain't right. No, he's, he's got two life sentences. I, so, spoiler alert, I'll tell you what, they were smart. <laughs> he's going to appeal his conviction. No shit. Smart thing is they didn't go for the death penalty because they knew they couldn't convict his ass on right. that because you've got to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he did it. You can convict his ass on circumstantial evidence if you're seeking life. 
One week after he's convicted of murdering his wife and his son, his lawyers announced they are going to appeal a conviction and as well his prison sentence. Uh, Murdoch's defense attorney, uh, that guy named Dick, announced on Twitter, and the guy named Jim have filed a notice of appeal. The notice of appeal was obtained by People Magazine? Reads, Richard Alexander Murdoch, or also known as the Ginger Uncle Fester, has appeared, appealed his conviction and his sentence in the case. Uh, the sentence were imposed by the Honorable Clifton Newman on March 3rd, now, that, 2023. Now, I will say this. I don't, now, Clifton may shit the bed and be a pedophile next week, but Clifton is the same judge that denied his bail twice. Good. I hope you don't bond. end up Clinton. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Man, that's that's a that's in a nutshell. And that's a bit that's a big nutshell. Like I said, y'all, we did not do this case justice. This was like a mystery science fiction theater <laughs> breakdown yeah, we of this all case. Over the place. Um I'm sure that we'll have more to talk about on this thing as it uh, as it comes forward. Honestly, I, I feel like there'll be more things that come forward on past murders and deaths and missing I hope people. Stevens, I, I honest to God, like there's two detectives, and I don't have my notes in front of me. I would buy them a beer tomorrow because they were the ones that said, fuck them, I don't give a shit what their last name is. This yeah. kid died for some reason, and he had a mother, and he had a father, and his dad, Stephen's dad, passed away three months after he did, basically from a massive heart attack, which was a broken heart. Yeah, pitiful. It's Sad. awful, man. Sad his, story. His sister and his mother are still alive. His mother's the champion of the calls right now. And for some reason, and I said this on our podcast too, if there's ever an opportunity that someone that I can do something for her, I would gladly, anything she asked, you know, we're not going to solve cases, but that poor woman deserves justice yeah. because she said his last name didn't matter when he was killed. And that's why no one cared. And so in, in the same with the housekeeper's family, they need some justice too, man. They've got it. It's so so terrible and i wonder that these people are so rich and so evil that people they looked at, at people as disposable people yeah they're just like they're just trash. disposables yeah and the thing is and i don't know how old her sons are in that documentary but if she had been the murdoch's housekeeper for 20 years they were probably in their early kids well her own sons were probably in their early 20s yeah. just establishing their adult relationships right. When she took that job. Yeah. Yeah. She probably cared more for those kids than she were. She was there to care for her own. And she's just trying to make money to, to take care of her and own. She, and obviously she loved children yeah. because she, you're not going to sign up for that. No. You're going to you be the whipping that, post. Take that abuse from those assholes. And that's what she did. I guarantee you Maggie mistreated her. Oh, yeah. They got treated like sorry people. No yeah. Doubt. And then, then as the kids get older, then you're talking about entitled little pieces of shit. And that's what they turned out to be. Especially Paul. Monkey see, monkey do. And that's the thing, man. I don't, Buster needs to like go live in Belize or something, which he can't. He looks like his daddy. He'll sunburn. He'll look like a big old fuck that side of that yeah, damn refrigerator. His ass better move to Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. It's hard to fathom and put yourself in that mindset. Like... What was the end game? I want to sit down with him, and if everything worked out, Alex, what was the end game? Yeah. 
at what point did would would you have felt like you were free and in the clear? Yeah. None of it makes sense. None like of it. like it's a lose lose all the way around. Nobody won. Nobody's gonna win. And people are so I hope and pray to God that they keep asking questions and they get the rest of those sorry fuckers and put them in jail too. And here's the thing, if they really wanted to know and 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 we posed this question or this statement on ours at the end of part two. If Buster had ties to Stephen Smith's murder, Alex would fall on that sword. Oh, yeah, because he didn't want anybody to know his son was a homosexual. I mean, that, that's, that's where it all stems from. That's they, the big... They they said that... Yeah. But one of the things, and I went back and reread my, my notes, Stephen makes the comment right before his death that I'm supposed to go fishing with a man. And if you knew his name, it would shock the whole state of South Carolina. So the question was posed to us, did he consider Buster a man who was his same age? Or did he he consider Alex? Alex? Yeah. There you go. That's a whole nother. I mean, honest to God, it could be. Could be. Who knows what that guy was up to? And that's my thing. And maybe, maybe, maybe Alex talked to Buster. It's like, hey. This guy's going to say these terrible things about us and hurt our family. You know, I, I need you to take care of it. I need you to do something. Because he knew, because they had a relationship to where he trusted each other because he helped him. He helped Buster's dumbass pass tests. Yeah. And, and right Buster or Alex was uh, the little league coach for Buster and Steven when they were growing up. Maybe Alex was a pedophile. Ooh, I don't even want to. I, I mean, can't there's stand so them much, motherfuckers dude. There's anyway, so much. There's so much that's unknown. I can't stand Alex as it is. I yeah. really hate that bastard then. But, yeah. so my question is, I don't think Buster's smart enough to hit somebody with a fucking baseball bat. I think Paul was. Yeah, he was crazy enough to. I think pa- Paul may, now, and, and you thinking about that, and us just talking, and, and this is totally us just talking. That would make more sense if Steven's statement about I'm going fishing with a man and he's Steven was 21 at the time. So Mm -hmm. Buster would have been 21 or 22. Yep. Alex would have been a man. Yep. Maybe Paul sees that. And it sets him off. And he catches Steven. But here's the other thing, though. Steven's case is so odd. And I employ anybody that is fascinated. And if you've stuck around this long. (laughs) Yeah. Um, to listen to our case, Stephen's case is so odd where his body's found and where his car's found are three air miles apart. But if you walk it, you're walking through briars and bullshit. He was placed there. Yes. Yeah. He was placed there. And he's, if he walked, you're looking at a minimum, I think 12 miles to get to where he was at. So my thing is someone picked him up. Someone picked Stephen up with the guys of, oh, you're having car trouble, or they, like, flash their lights, hey, pull over, pull over, oh, it's so-and-so, and And Steven gets out, I know you, or I know your brother, and they, and somehow they get him in the vehicle. Kill him and drain the gas out of his car to make it look like he ran out of gas. There you go. I can see. Is that a something? Yeah, because that's what's funny is his car's found with the gas cap off, but the door's closed. Yeah. So and he's out of gas. Yeah, they they and drained the sister, gas out of it. Didn't put the cap back on. And his sister says he had run his. He said she goes, "It's dumbass." Had run out of gas before, and he'd call, "Hey, I'm out of gas. Will you come get me?" And she's funny now, and and I think Stephen's one of those kids that I had taught that would have been hilarious to talk to. Yeah, he was quick witted. 
Um, but she says that when they were bored as kids, they would get out at the witching hour between two and four and just walk the roads. Mm-hmm. And every time they saw lights on the horizon, they would dart into the woods and hide behind a tree because, and Stephen said this, ain't nobody kidnapping this sweet ass. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're not going to catch him. him. He knew who it was. Exactly. Yeah, he knew who it was. Yeah. And my hypothesis is, I don't think, and and I may be totally off base, man. I really, I just don't think, I think Paul was your hothead. And then that ties into, so say Paul killed Stephen. That's before the boating accident. So maybe he's spiraling out of control after the, like you said, after the housekeeper's death. Right. He's spiraling out of control. He finds out not only is his dad a drug addict, but maybe his, his dad's. Gay. Or his dad's having yeah. sex with, gay sex with a man. Yeah. With a man. Yeah. Or his brother's having, and then he catches this guy, or he sees this guy's car, and he's already fucking mad at the world. I'm going to burn it all down. What do you think? Uh, you think Mallory's uh, boyfriend was so close to him? Knows anything about Stephen's murder? Than, I think he knows more than yes, him. sir. And that's I, I hate <sighs> to say it, man. I hate to say it, but. but but I will say this: eventually, he. I think if anybody's going to crack on that he on that one. angle, he'll be, he'll the, be the one, one. because yeah. they tried to burn his ass. Yeah, they did, and that's the way you approach him. Yep, you yep. get him, and you're like, look. They were. If all of this doesn't play out the way it did, your he, ass is the and he's one. He's still sympathetic to Paul. Like when Paul was murdered, you get in the documentary. He's still sympathetic to him. Fuck him, dude. I wouldn't be sympathetic uh-huh. to him. I would. I love you to death. You try to kill me, fuck you. Are you kill my wife? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, no. Well, man, that's gonna do it. I think we we might got a record there. We hit the two hour mark on this one, so but it was a good one, and uh, it needed to be. We needed to talk about it. We needed to put our spin on it, and uh, who knows? Maybe we uncovered some stuff, and who knows? Maybe we did some stuff that needs to be covered up. So <laughs> uh, there's probably the latter. Probably the latter part, true. yeah. Everybody, just remember that uh, if you got somebody that you're that you're kind of feuding with, and you don't know how to get back at them, piss disc them. Pisca disc. That's what everybody's getting for Christmas. You're getting pissed disc for Christmas. New t-shirts, mysterious brews, and cigar store idiots. Piss disc for Christmas. Piss disc them. All right, it's going to do it. Take care, Arlo. I'll see see you, you, buddy.